Hey there, this is Kristen Kiefer, and you are listening to episode number 19 of the Well-Storied Podcast, where I share tips and tricks that help writers craft sensational novels and build their very best writing lives. The Well-Storied Podcast is made possible by my lovely Patreon supporters. If you enjoy today's episode and would like to help support future episodes of the podcast, as well as every writing resource I create for Well-Storied, you can visit patreon.com slash wellstoried. Today, we're breaking down the latest article I wrote for the Wellstroyed blog, entitled How to Craft Character Arcs for Your Trilogy. This article and episode are actually the second installment in our mini-series on crafting trilogies. In last week's article and episode, we broke down some trilogy basics and talked about all four of the common ways that you can plot your trilogy. If you haven't checked out that yet, I highly recommend doing so before diving into today's episode. But if you are all caught up and are ready to dive in, I do want to issue another spoiler alert. Today's episode and its corresponding article do contain spoilers for The Graceling Trilogy by Kristen Cashore, The Shades of Magic series by V.E. Schwab, and The Lord of the Rings by, of course, J.R.R. Tolkien. So if you haven't checked those out yet, make sure to do so before diving into this episode. Sound like a plan? Now, without any further ado, let's get started. Exploring Character Arc Structures Let's start with a disclaimer. There is no single right way to complete any writing task, and that includes mapping out the character arcs for your trilogy. However, just as there are plot structures you can use to make the process of plotting your trilogy a little less intimidating, there are also a few common character arc structures that can make weaving character development into your trilogy a breeze, or at least a little easier than going in blind. Let's break down these character arc structures today. First up, we have the positive change arc. In a positive change arc, the main character begins the story with one or more doubts, fears, or character flaws that holds them back from achieving their story goal and or finding happiness. This doubt, fear, or flaw often directly ties into the lie your character believes. And if you're wondering what that lie your character believes thing is, I do have an episode and an article that breaks it down in depth which you can find by just heading on over to well-storied.com and using the search bar to search for the lie your character believes. But, like I said, this doubt or fear or flaw often directly ties into the lie your character believes, which serves as the central conflict of your character's arc. It's this lie, and thus the doubt, fear, or flaw that encourages it, that your character must overcome in order to resolve the story's inner conflict. Still with me? In a trilogy, a positive change arc can play out in one of two main ways, but we'll also talk about more complex arc structures that include partial positive change arcs below later in this episode. But yes, let's talk about trilogies that just contain positive change arcs. Here are the two ways they can play out. First up, we have the whole situation where your character experiences a full positive change arc, but in each individual book in the trilogy. So each book in the trilogy has its own full positive change arc. But secondly, 
your character may also experience one positive change arc that slowly plays out over the course of all three books in the trilogy. Usually, a positive change arc is more likely to occur in each individual book if the trilogy acts as an anthology series, which we discussed, if you're not sure what that is, in our latest episode of the podcast. A great example of this would be the Graceling Realm trilogy by Kristen Cashor. Remember, there are spoilers ahead. In Graceling, the main character Katza believes that she was born to violence and questions whether she can ever be more than a killer. Through her journey, she comes to several internal realizations and emerges at the end of the book knowing that she wasn't born to kill at all, but rather to protect. And that completes her full positive change arc. We then pick up with another positive change arc in the second book, where the main character, Fire, is a human monster who desperately wants to be better than what the tales and legends say of her kind. But because of several mishaps throughout her life, Fire wonders if she can ever overcome her nature, only realizing that she already has as she completes her physical journey. And again, we've wrapped up another positive change arc. There is yet another positive change arc in the third and final installment of the series in Bitter Blue. Bitter Blue struggles to overcome the sins of her father and even questions whether it is possible until at last she's able to right her father's wrongs and prove to herself and to the kingdom that she is a noble and worthy ruler. All of that said, all of those examples given, trilogies are actually far more likely to employ a single positive change arc that plays out over all three books rather than one in each individual book, though we will also talk about some complex arcs that contain a positive change in a bit. But back to a single positive change arc that plays out over all three books. An example of this type of arc would be Aragorn's journey in The Lord of the Rings. Spoilers ahead. When readers first meet Aragorn, he appears to the hobbits as Strider, an exiled man. In truth, he is of an ancient royal bloodline that was cast from power when his ancestor's greed allowed the One Ring to corrupt his mind. Throughout the series, Aragorn is confronted with the prophecy that one of his bloodline will once again be restored to rule. He resists taking up the ancient sword of his house and fulfilling this prophecy, believing that he is too weak and will only follow in the footsteps of his ancestor. He only overcomes this when his people grow so endangered that love and duty truly does outweigh his doubts. Aragorn takes up his sword, fulfills his ancient duty, and fights alongside his people until Sauron's army is at last destroyed and he is crowned king. Next up, let's talk about the negative change arc. A negative change arc plays out in nearly the same way as the positive change arcs we just discussed, though instead of overcoming the doubt, fear, or flaw that ties into your character's lie, your character actually succumbs to it, and subjectively at least becomes a more negative person, whether that be becoming more immoral, or emotionally depressed, or unkind, or just straight up evil. While there are plenty of standalone novels that utilize negative change arcs successfully, such as The Great Gatsby, 
Wuthering Heights, and other darker stories and tragedies, I couldn't think of a trilogy that uses a negative change arc to talk about as an example. But still, I thought it was worth mentioning in this episode since negative change arcs have proven to be so successful in many standalone books. And if you have an example of how a negative change arc is utilized in a trilogy over the course of the trilogy as a whole, I would love to hear it. That said, we will be exploring some partial negative change arcs in the complex arc situation that we're going to talk about below. Wow, that was a great explanation there. But yes, we'll be talking about partial negative change arcs in a bit. But if you have any examples of a full negative change arc that plays out over the course of a trilogy, I would love, love, love to hear it because that sounds like a book and a series that I would love to read. Next up, let's talk about the flat arc. A flat arc, aka a static character arc, is what defines the static style of trilogy we discussed in last week's episode about trilogies. In this case, the main character isn't hindered by some sort of lie, some sort of doubt or fear or um, temptation. Rather, they begin their story as a typical hero, but they face doubts, fears, and temptations along the way that threaten to lead them to a fall from grace. The central conflict in this style of character arc sees your character fighting to remain true to their morals and beliefs while working to achieve their external goal. A popular example of this style of arc is that of Frodo Baggins from The Lord of the Rings. Spoilers ahead, as always. In The Fellowship of the Ring, Frodo Baggins volunteers to carry an ancient ring into an evil land in order to destroy it. He begins this journey with a noble heart and pure intentions, albeit being quite naive of the more sinister true nature of the world. Along the way, the ring tempts Frodo seeking to corrupt him so that its true power can once again be set free. Frodo struggles against this temptation again and again, each day proving more difficult for him than the last as he becomes increasingly solitary and mistrusting. Finally, Frodo succumbs to the ring's temptation on the steps of Mount Doom and places the ring on his finger. However, Gollum, having been corrupted long ago by the ring, also desires the ring and attacks Frodo in an attempt to regain it. In doing so, he accidentally falls into the fires of Mount Doom and the ring is at last destroyed. Frodo is freed from the ring's temptation, but its memory still remains with him. His spirit is in turmoil even as the world begins to heal around him, until at last he finds peace in sailing to the Grey Havens. Frodo's arc in The Lord of the Rings is an especially good example because it shows that flat arcs can be nuanced. Frodo does experience change because of his experiences. He's not the same hobbit as he was when he first set out from Bag End. However, he is not necessarily a more positive or negative character than he first was. He still holds true to the same beliefs and values, Uh, having not overcome some sort of doubt or fear of law, or experiencing a fall from grace. Therefore, his arc still remains a static one. Remember, events that break from your character's norm will always have some sort of effect on your character. Change is, in most cases, inevitable. But that change isn't always for the better or for the worst. 
Sometimes change is just change, and that's okay. It still makes for an awesome static character arc. Finally, let's talk about those complex arcs I kept referencing throughout our episode so far. Not all trilogies utilize the same style of character arc in all three books. Instead, some authors choose to mix it up. This is what I like to call a complex character arc, at least for your trilogies, and there are, there are many ways in which they can play out. Let's talk about a few quick examples here. First up, a character can experience a positive change arc in one book, but a static arc in the next. A character can fall from grace in book one, but experience a positive change arc later in the series. Or they can fight to stay true to who they are in book one, but lose sight of their beliefs in another. A character can also successfully resist temptations in book one, but only overcome the lie that they believe in the next. And so on. Your options truly abound here. And while I won't give examples for each and every option today, because that would be a ton of examples to give, I do want to quickly outline two specific examples for you from the Shades of Magic trilogy, so spoilers ahead as always. In A Darker Shade of Magic, Holland is introduced as an antagonist, a foil for Kel who highlights the complexities of how an Antari can use magic. In this first book, Holland doesn't have an arc, though the seeds of his rich internal world are planted. Then, in the second installment, Holland experiences a negative arc as he allows Osarin to use his love for his homeworld against him, convincing him to unleash powerful dark magic that Osarin actually plans to use for nefarious purposes. In the final book, Holland realizes the fatal mistake that he has made, and he undergoes a positive change arc as he overcomes severe self-doubt and fear and fights back against Osarin to right his own wrongdoing. So as you can see, there are multiple types of arcs used for Holland's arc in the Shades of Magic series. He begins with no arc, then has a negative arc in the second book, followed by a positive arc in the third. Let's talk about another example of complex character arcs in the Shades of Magic trilogy. Shades of Magic also features Rye Marish, a young prince who is introduced in the first book as a secondary character. Like Holland, Rai has no arc in the first book, but rather serves as both a source of motivation for the main character, Kel, and as a point of conflict when he is assassinated and subsequently brought back to life. In the second book, Rai becomes a main character and undergoes a static arc as he struggles with the knowledge that his life is bound to another's, and he vents this anger via pretty dangerous pursuits. Finally, he finds an outlet for his anger when he is charged with organizing a tournament, and he plots to disguise his brother Kel so that the Antari can take part in this tournament. When Osarin threatens his kingdom in the trilogy's finale, Rai undergoes a radical positive change. He realizes his immature pursuits and comes into his full princely power as he overcomes his anger insecurity, and foolishness, and fights to keep his people safe. So, yet again, you can see how complex character arcs are used in the Shades of Magic trilogy. Rai has no arc in the first book, 
a static arc in the second, and then a positive one in the third. Now let's talk about crafting multiple character arcs in the same book. In most cases, you won't write a single character arc for each book in your trilogy, because trilogies often feature a cast of characters, and most of those major characters, at least, will be affected by the plot in some way or another. And where there is conflict, there is, of course, emotional turmoil. Mapping out multiple character arcs may seem too complex a process at first glance, but it doesn't have to be as difficult as it seems. First, I recommend identifying which style of arc you'd like each of your characters to face. If you're unsure, consider how your story's events affect them on a mental, emotional, or spiritual level. If your plot forces your character to face an insecurity, they'll likely experience a positive change arc. Or if it challenges their beliefs, you will have a flat arc on your hands. Or if it preys on their fears too heavily, you may have a negative change arc on your hands. The important thing to remember is that plot and character are a push and pull. One will always affect the other. An event may force a character into action, but that action always comes with emotional consequences, whether those consequences be positive or negative. If you keep that in mind when writing, giving your characters the room to allow external events to actually affect them, rather than just jumping straight from one conflict to the next, you truly cannot go wrong when crafting your trilogy's characters. Writers, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of the Well Story Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. This episode was, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, the second installment in our mini-series on crafting trilogies. Next week, I'll be answering some of your trilogy questions in a Q&A session on both the blog and in a new podcast episode. So if you have any questions about trilogies, please don't hesitate to jump over to today's transcript over at well-droid.com blog and let me know. Sound good? I cannot wait to hear your questions. Thank you again for listening, and I will see you guys next time. Bye!